Now we're recording. Yep, and then I'll do this little intro. Hey everybody, my name is Ryan Bolton with Synergy One Lending. I'm a local mortgage expert, and today is the Clear to Close podcast, which we have special guest Adam Snow, who's the County Commissioner of Washington County. So I appreciate you coming on the show today and talking about what's going on in Washington County. So what kind of started this whole thing is I, I posted on Southern Utah's Facebook page called St. George Word of Mouth. It's a great page. A lot of people are on that one. It's one of the bigger ones. And I, I posted a question of why you wouldn't buy in Washington County. And of course, prices were one of them or, or payments or prices, something like that. But the most common one I got after that was water. Everybody was just saying, I'm not going to buy because of the water concerns. And I was, I was really surprised at that. And because I've learned and educated, I've been here long enough to see what the county's been doing with water, with conservancy, with development, that type of stuff. So I thought, let's go right to the source, the guy that's got the boots on the ground the most when it comes to water in Washington County. So I want to invite Adam, and he was gracious enough to, to pleasure our show here with his face and his voice. So uh, tell me a little bit about what's happened and changed with water in Washington County. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for doing this. This is uh, by far and away the number one question I get, uh, and it was the reason... Uh, not, not to get political on it, but I didn't, I didn't really want to be a County commissioner. I've said that several times to people. Um, I, I don't really want to be one now. Uh, it wasn't on my dream job list, but when it came to water, uh, because of what I had done for the last six years as Congressman Stewart's director for our U, for us Congress here, um, I was the guy the County called for help on some of these issues. And so I, I just had a lot of intimate knowledge with it. I, I knew the connections and in, in the, the landscape of it. And so, uh, so it's, it's one of the two main reasons why I ran for office mm. and, uh, and it, it's a big, it's a big nut to crack. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a, we're in a difficult situation. Um, but the, the problem is so, so I'm glad that you, you get these questions and I'm, and I'm really glad to be able to educate people and, and to let them know what's going on. Um, because we get everything from all over the spectrum from, you know what, this is a big lie, right? Like there's a, there's tons of water. Is everybody just scaring us? And, and honestly, no, that's not true. We're not just scaring people. And there really is a water problem, um, water management problem all the way to the other end of, oh my goodness, I built a house three or four years ago, uh, in the Washington fields. And I don't know if there's going to be water for it next year. Hmm. We're not, we're not that far either. So the first thing to talk about is, is, first and foremost, is to say that when we're talking about water, we're talking about new water, okay? If you have water for your business or your home right now, <coughs> excuse me, getting over a little bit of a cold there, so I may cough a couple times. Uh, if you have a business or a home right now that is being served, there is sufficient water to continue to serve you, and you don't need to worry. When you go turn on the tap short of some catastrophic event or something minor like, you know, the pipe burst on your road this week and we had to go fix it. But otherwise, there's water, uh, there's water to provide for those, the current demand right now. Um, the, uh, and, and that's managed by the state because all water, actually, every drop of water in the state of Utah is owned by the state of Utah. Mm. The rest of us have, even if you have a priority right on a farm or, or land that you own, the rest of us are having a, you have a priority right to use mm. the state's water. Mm. Yeah, so it's a right to use law, state, right? That's, right. that's yeah. the way the law works out. So because of that, the state manages very, very closely uh, through multiple agencies under the Department of, of Natural Resources on 
how we use water. Are we using too much? Are we mining our water, which means we're, we're pulling out more from the aquifers than we're putting back in every year? And we watch that really, really closely, uh, the engineers do, so that we're actually putting more water in or at least as much water as we've pulled out. Um, and, and there's ways to hydrology to try and to measure all that, right? So, uh, so that's the landscape is don't, we don't need to stress about whether you're going to have water today. So if somebody wanted to go buy a home today and say, I, I don't know if I'm going to have water next, next year. No, if you can buy the home, if it's an existing home right now, it's already being served. Great. If it's a new construction, um, <coughs> yeah, sorry. If it's a new construction, the, uh, the builder can go and, and then do will serve letters, you know, like they used to. But he can go and get a connection from the Water Conservancy District or the city, wherever the home happens to be. And as, they, as long as they provide that connection, great. You're fine. Um, so I wouldn't have that as a reason not to buy or build because you worry about whether water is going to be there mm -hmm. in your tap. Um, the, the bigger issue, so then the next issue is people say, well, you know what, I'm here now. Uh, and so I think we need to stop all the growth. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's an easy one. You know, we're just building too fast, too much. And now, look, I understand the, the complaint. My family was the first ones here. Mm, There's yep. a reason why it's called Snow Canyon, right? Yep, yep. And, uh, and so I always... The, it's not because it snows there. No, no. And a lot of people are like, well, it's because there's white rocks up at the top, right? No. No, no, yep. no. Um, but the, the whole... I, I say that not, not as a, hey, you know, we're better um, or anything, but because we can say, well... The easiest way to argue against the, hey, it's time to stop all growth completely. Some of us would like it to go back to when I was a little kid. Yeah. We had farms on 900 South. <laughs> I mean, it was, we've still got farm, you know, fields out in the out, out in the Washington Fields area. And I remember, man, this was this was a very different town back then. But you can't go back. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to doze the things down and plant alfalfa again. You know, I mean, it's just not gonna, yeah. it's not gonna happen. So. Uh, as far as the growth goes, people say we need to sh shut off all the growth because we're running out of water. And so the, I have two answers to that. One is that uh, I ask them when they moved here. And when they say, well, let's see, 2012. So could we have done that in 2011? Yeah, yeah. Is that, a, is that a fair comment? You know, can we, how about 2010? Could we have shut it off then? Yeah. Because a lot of people had those same concerns then. They had the same concerns. Sure. If you look at, at journals and, and government records in the 80s, they had serious concerns about water. There were building moratoriums in, in the 60s and 70s mm. because we were out of water. The story of the West, and, and, and cut me off at any time here, but the, yeah. sorry, once I get going. No, I, hey, I, yeah, that's, I, why, I, that's I why I like, brought you. I like water. So. <laughs> the story of the West is the story of adaptation to, to limited water resources. So that, true. That is it. The city of Los Angeles, you can look at, at a, uh, a presentation from when they were, you know, I, I'm going to get the dates wrong, but early 1900s, right? Um, it was, the L.A. River was a trickle. Mm. I mean, you could walk across it and never get your feet wet. Wow. Because you could just step <laughs> on the, the, the stones that were, you know, the river rocks in there. Now, it's not a whole lot different from that today, but you've got, what, 20 million people in the, yeah. the surrounding area. Yep. That's a huge city. Now, they adapted in different ways that we can't do anymore. They stole a river. Yeah. Like literally just <laughs> dug a new river and dammed it off and it redirected to them. We don't do that so much anymore. Yeah. But the whole point being that we, we adapt 
to, to water scarcity. And so, well, especially like you said, Las Vegas, Utah, the driest parts of the country, the driest states in the area, they've had to do a better job of capturing, recapturing, reusing the water. And I've been here since, like you said, 05. I, I hate to have 04 be when they cut me off and wasn't able to, to grow here. And so much of what we've been able to do has been such a wonderful reason to move to St. George. We've been discovered. We're not going to get undiscovered. There's such, I remember I've been here obviously not nearly as long as you guys have, but it was how exciting it was for certain restaurants to come into town where you didn't have to go to Salt Lake or Vegas or other places just to get restaurants or foods or services or goods, that type of thing. And St. George is so new and vibrant and so many wonderful things. But I remember I was blown away at how much water wasn't being recaptured or reused or multiple use, especially with a lot of golf courses. And then you'll have my office is right here by Southgate sprinklers are go on. I'm sure people call all the time. Why the sprinklers on in the middle of the day, not realizing that you can't use that water for anything, but that, and that helps with the economy that helps with green, that helps with air control. There's so many things to have green space as long as you're using the water in a, in a correct way that you can't use for anything else anyway. Yep. So it's a great way to be able to use it for those things. How many calls do you get when people see that the golf course, is that probably the biggest complaint oh of water use is golf courses? Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly. So, um, now it, it, there's, there's a lot of partnerships and you just hit on so many good points. There's a lot of partnerships here in that, uh, the County really has kept more of a, more of an oversight and facilitator role um, because only about 5% of our residents live in the unincorporated parts of the county. So the cities have a, a huge role in a lot of this. Uh, they are able to, to grant permits and, and plats and, you know, and, and new homes and, and businesses to come in and, those, and guarantee that they're going to provide water from them. But all of the cities now are getting their water from the Water Conservancy District, which is countywide. Mm. Um, they, they have a role countywide. They don't play much of a role like up Veo. Diamond, Dameron, Veo, those all have little private water companies that, that they they kind of work with a little bit, but they don't run necessarily. Enterprise is the same way. But for the rest of the county, the Water Conservancy District is the one that's providing the water. And their job is to make sure that there's water in your faucet when mm -hmm. you go to turn on the tap. So uh, what you just said is, my, that, well, I guess the second part of what I was talking about earlier is, you know, one, can we just cap all the growth the year before everybody else got here. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it shows a little bit of the hypocrisy on this, right? But the complaint is not is not unfounded, right? So people saying, right, but we can only grow so much. So why are we still building? And the truth is that if we have this much water available, we're right about here. Mm. So why are we still building homes? Because there's still some water available. Mm. And if you've got land and you've got, you know, and you're a developer or you're a builder or a private homeowner, and you want to go build and you have the land and there's water available under state law, we're going to provide you water. Mm, we can't yeah. just say, you know what? I don't really like your project <laughs> uh, or I don't like you. And so we're just not going to, even though there's water available. Well, that's why we have private property rights. Mm. And so people are allowed to, to do with what they land with the land that they want according to zoning and can, you know, all of that. But, but the, that's why we're still building. We're not out of water yet, mm. but we're getting close. Mm. Uh, of new water again. You know, I was talking new yes. water, yep. and so how do we get? If we've got that very small margin now, so the camera. There you go. You see, <laughs> we got that very small margin now. How do we? How do we increase it? And what you just said is exactly what we're doing. And is there people not wanting the increase? Is another way of just capping the growth? Is it something like Absolutely. okay, we don't want it to go any higher than this, so we got to keep it. That's so that's a reason to just say okay, and then. Is there a concern, obviously, if we have a couple of really bad years, does that top drop? And that's where people start saying, okay, 
or is that is that really a, a number that we feel is pretty safe that we've hit kind of what we know what that number is? We know what that number is, and okay. and I'm not going to say that there's no there's no possibility sure. that that could happen, but it's not like we're flirting with the line. Mm. I mean, if if we're getting where where we're here and now all of a sudden the available water, assuming no new growth, the available water has dropped, something catastrophic has happened. Okay. Um, that it will be causing many more issues, power. Okay. Uh, you know, lot, lots of like the Colorado River dried up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. That, that kind of a level of, yeah. of okay. catastrophe. Uh, and people say, well, it is drying up. If you look back at the geologic record, the Colorado River is the most consistent source of water. Yeah west of the Mississippi river over thousands and thousands of years. Mm. So it's, it's pretty yeah. consistent. It'd be like the Rocky Rockies not getting any snow. I mean, it's, it's such a large front of, <coughs> of weather that it's so much of the weather patterns yeah. that have to hit the Rocky mountain, just coming off the Pacific. That's kind of what it hits. That's why there's these dry areas between the Rocky mountains and all the way to West or East, uh, uh East Texas, that whole, I, I watched a great video on YouTube that kind of talked about how those weather patterns and how the East is always trying to get rid of water. You know, they're trying to aqueduct it. They're trying to get it back to rivers, streams, back to the ocean. Like you go to Florida, it's amazing how quick a rainstorm and then all the water's just gone. It's yeah. back to the ocean. Now, obviously it's right there by it, but I was just blown away at how they design water to get back to the ocean. We're designing it to capture every drop wherever we can or redirect it to where it needs to be. And I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember I moved here. I remember seeing a stat about the Lake Powell pipeline and some of the water usage that we have that we literally use using more water than even Las Vegas, which like you said, LA, Las Vegas, there's a lot more people there. Now we have more agricultural. We have more reasons why the water is getting used than maybe a big city like a Las Vegas, but population, we're not even close to the population yeah. of a Las Vegas or an LA or something like that. So did you ever see, is that, is that skewed yeah. a little bit or is that wrong as far as how much water we were using before the reclaiming and some of the reusage of the yeah. water. So part of it is that we're not counting, we're not using the same math. Mm, okay. So they use a okay. different formula than we do. Okay. Um, I love stats. You can manipulate them. <laughs> we're working on that right now so that, okay. that we all count the same way. Okay. Um, and and it, here's the easiest way to say it. So if you have a shower, if you're, you're taking a shower, let's say you use 25 gallons of water, your body may have absorbed a mm. tiny little bit, but essentially you're recapturing all of that water, right? You've got 25 gallons have been poured over your head. It goes in the drain. Las Vegas will treat that, put it back into the system, and that's a net loss of zero. Mm, right? Okay, yeah. Because I get to 25 gallons to go put back into the system again. Uh, so they count that as we haven't used any water. Mm. You've used water, but, but we've recaptured it all, and so we get to keep using it. Okay. Utah doesn't do it that way. Mm. We say you use 25 gallons, we put it back in the system. We treated it. Now it now we can use the twenty five gallons again. So you take another shower. Now you've used fifty gallons. Okay. Okay. And and they're counting it as zero, and we're counting it as fifty. Gotcha. Okay. That's the simple, the most simplified way to to describe how how we're just using different math. Hmm. Um, and so so we're trying to get all on the same page. Now we have had we have been a higher water user uh, in some years. But what you're talking about is, and what you said just a moment ago, one, the Lake Powell Pipeline is, is a, a, I, first of all, I think is the worst name project in the history of the world. <laughs> sure. Um, because everybody thinks that we're just dropping another straw in a glass that's already empty. Mm. Right? Mm. And that's not the case. And I love to go to Lake Powell. I think it's beautiful. Anybody who's been there recently realizes that is a very, very shallow lake right now. Mm. The, 
what it what we do actually it should be called the flaming gorge pipeline hmm. because the point of diversion of the water is we release additional water out of flaming gorge into the green river into the colorado into lake powell we account for evaporation and loss along the way and usage along the way uh, and then we pump that less amount out from lake powell over to Washington County. Hmm. So this is Utah's water. We're not stealing it from somebody else. These are water rights that Utah already has that they're not using right now. Uh, and this is the place that we'd like to use them the most. There are some legal challenges to that. Hmm. Uh, upper Basin, Lower Basin, there's the Law of the River, the Colorado Compact, uh, that all seven states that are that touch the Colorado drainage system uh, that we're all privy to, and or parties to, I mean. So, so there's some legal issues and hurdles that we're working on. Um, but that's where we get the water. Mm. It's mm. just a lot easier to do it through the natural rivers. And there's a benefit to the ecology and, and sure. wildlife and everything along the way and recreation. We get to have fun with it, but it's a lot easier to pipe it 150 miles than it is the 450 miles. If you were to go from flaming gorge yeah. <laughs> through the state and it's not a direct, you know, you can't go as the crow flies. You got to follow mountain lines and right. canyons and everything. Right. And, Boy, that would, what would that cost a pipeline all the way from Flaming Gorge? Um, <laughs> when, like you said, there's already a natural billion? pipeline that's getting it to Lake Powell. So yeah. that's an, yeah, I didn't know that. So okay. that's, that's where the water comes. We, so essentially think of it, we fill Lake Powell up a little more and then we pull it back down a little. Mm. So that's in, in the, where the water would come, you know, the, the outlet and everything for the, the pipe. If, if there's no water in that pipe, there's no water in Lake Powell. Yeah, it's, so, it's designed to be low enough to where it's going to capture. It's, it's basically, yeah. Now, and I have heard there's issues with getting it to St. George. There's been issues around the Indian reservations, and some of that stuff is added to the cost of that. And I know my water bill has a, a diversion for that, or they've reused it for other projects kind of thing. So where is the budget for that? Is that still – and I remember the cost of it was – was lower. Obviously, the cost has just gone up like crazy on that project as it gets delayed or gets approved and that type yeah. of thing. So is there updates on any kind of ETA or budget or is it even still a pipe dream or is it actually going to happen? <laughs> How about that? Yeah, good name. Uh, <laughs> it's called the pipe so, dream pipe project. <laughs> so some at some point in the future, <clears throat> and we're going to get into what we're doing right now, but at some point in the future, we will need an additional source of water, that one or from somewhere else, mm. because we will have just used every drop um, we are the largest community and one of the only communities in the entire country that of, of this size that is solely dependent on a single source of water, mm. which is the Virgin River. And Vir if we're Virgin honest with stream? ourselves, yeah, the Virgin <laughs> is a river only in the loosest sense of the term, right? Yeah. You go back east and they and they talk about you know rivers and you know the mighty Mississippi is a river. Yeah. The Columbia is a river, right? Yeah. This is this is a trickle. Yeah. But it's the best we got. And so that's, you've got 200,000 people almost and 6.2 million visitors a year mm -hmm. relying on that little tiny trickle yep. and a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, you know, some wells and some springs and stuff that we've developed obviously, but, but it's all in that same drainage. Mm -hmm. So we will need an additional source of water. The Lake Powell pipeline there, there, like I said, there's multiple legal, uh, and, and kind of treaties with other States, uh, that we need to overcome. And so I'm not like, we're, are we still working on it? Yes. Are we putting all of our eggs in that basket? No. Mm. And so if, and when that happens to come around, it'd be wonderful for us. I in saw, the meantime, I, Oh, go ahead. I saw, I saw one argument that said, well, there's a fish, you know, you get, you get people that get anti wildlife or anti PETA, you know, those types of people. I said, well, there's a fish that has a higher priority on us 
than than humans downstream that would take priority. And I said, well, no, they're not going to allow it because, like you said, it's already a percentage of water we're supposed to get that we're not using, first of all. And second of all, it's low enough that if that pipeline doesn't have water in it, then all of Lake Powell is empty. We're not yeah. talking about something where it's high enough to where you have to constantly move down because you've seen like Lake Mead and some of these pipelines that are now sticking up out of the dirt yep. because of, of Mead. And Mead's a whole other issue. It's just a horrible container for water where Lake Powell isn't because of the rock and the sediments and the different things there. But that's really interesting to know that that Flaming Gorge is really one of the feeders to that. That is a Utah thing. That that's something I didn't know. I hope that educates everybody because that's exciting to know that that's another for, that's another place where water can get to Lake Powell. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's it should be the Flaming Gorge pipeline. Hmm. And maybe someday we'll rename it because that's, you know, everybody, oh, the Lake Powell pipeline's horrible. What do you think about the Flaming Gorge pipeline? I'm a fan. I'm, I like that. One. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. Um so the battle so, battle of naming at this point. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So eventually we will need that secondary source of water in the meantime. So you say, okay, Adam, thanks. You've, you've laid this out. We've got a little bit of water. We're not able to grow for, for a ton longer though. So what do we do? Do we just cap it? And, and so before I, I lay out exactly what we're doing, the capping is, is a problem for everybody who lives here or would like to. Mm. Now I have three little kids. I want them to be able to stay around when they get older. Mm. Um, I was glad that my parents, I've got siblings that live here with their families. My grandparents lived here. So even though my family has been here for, you know, 150 years, 170 years now, they, uh, I wouldn't be able to live here hmm. right now. It's not like, oh, well, you're, you're grandfathered in because your family was here early. No, I had to buy a home, hmm. right? After graduate school, I, I had to go find. So, so you know, we want people to be able to live here. We want the services. We, like you've mentioned, the stores, the restaurants, the things that, that provide a good quality of life. Well, in order to do that, you've got to have people that, that work in those stores and those restaurants mm-hmm. you've, that, that maintain the roads and fix the potholes and, and oh. police officers and firefighters and ambulances. You know, and that's medicine. not just water. It's power. It's sewer. It's, all of it's gas. It's all that. Yeah. And so we, we have to be honest with ourselves and say, yes, we want this quality of life. And realize that with that quality of life comes that other people are, you know, need to live here as well to help provide that for us. And so, and, and that they have a, a good quality of life as well. So we look at, uh, we, we look at what can we do today to main sure to maintain that we don't become, if we were just to cap off tomorrow and say, there is no new growth. Well, you say, again, you still have water in your pipes, mm-hmm. right? So you think prices are high now? Mm-hmm. If yeah. anybody who understands basic economics, if you have demand is still really high and you artificially suppress the supply, mm-hmm. there's only one, one direction for the price of equilibrium yep. to go, which is straight up. Yep. Right. Yep. So we will make, if we were to do that, we would make Malibu and park city look like the slums <laughs> because yeah. the demand is still high. Everybody yeah. wants to come here. Yeah. Everybody wants to be here. Your price will just, nobody will care about your home. Billionaires will come and buy your, you know, or, or the incredibly wealthy will come and buy your home because they want your water. Mm. They can doze your home and build what they want. That's yeah. what they do in Malibu. You know, old yeah. home. That's where I went to grad school. That's why. That's why I brought it up. But, you know, the an old home that nobody liked. Well, I, but you're right on the beach. It has a premium for real estate. So for a postage stamp of land roughly the size of this office, where you were six inches from your neighbor's wall, right, or maybe shared a wall. Oh, yeah. Six million dollars to buy that, mm. then they would tear it down and spend twenty million dollars. It'd be a thirty-five million dollar project, and people did it all the time mm. because they it was a scarce resource. It was a place they wanted to live, 
and they would spend that kind of money to come in there. So if you want to live here, imagine what your property rate is going to be if we were to just artificially cap that. And most people don't quite think it that far through. They say, I'm here now. I'm happy. Let's just keep it as it is. It, 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 that's just not a free market economy. And we really saw a glimpse of that in the fact that people, it wasn't like loans were bad that were driving up prices. It wasn't like people were pricing the home wrong. People were saying, I'll pay you 50 grand more because I want the house. I want to live in that area. I can work remote now. So I don't have to work in LA or I don't have mm -hmm. to work in some of these areas because remote working became such a big thing and, and got St. George got so discovered. I mean, it's a wonderful place to live at flat is, I mean, Zion national park, Zion for all the people that are outside of the area, uh, Zion, has grown as one of the better parks in the whole country. And it's so close. I mean, we have everything but the ocean. I've told people you got almost everything within just an hour of here is just yep. amazing. And people have really discovered this part of Southern Utah when they realize, oh, it's not the snow or the Wasatch Front, that type of stuff. It's kind of a combination of a maybe Arizona kind of climate, a Vegas kind of climate, but with more colors, more greenery, more outdoor activities. Yeah. And the more and more you got Ironmans, marathons, world senior games, it just has put us on the map that's going to be very hard. Like you said, even ca even if you could cap it, now you're talking about taking away people's rights to use their property they way, the way they want to use it or permits that are already done. So that's not, like I said, that's not an answer either, is capping it. So it is using the water better or being able to tap into resources that we already have there that we just aren't using fully. And they, and, they, and really, if people were honest, they, they don't want the cap because right. that would deteriorate your quality of life and kind of ruin the whole reason why you're here and you want it capped, right? Yep. So it, it would be a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy of, of destruction. Yeah. So really then it comes to the, the crux of the question is, so what do we do if we if we have only got this much margin between what we have to build and, and for businesses and homes and what, what we, you know, how much more we've got to go. We're looking at several years still, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's a blink of an eye. Hmm. And so luckily there is not only just a plan, but a plan that has been in the works for, and yeah. for a long time now we're, we're well down the road. Obviously we, we would like more time. We'd like more breathing room, but, but there are very smart people working on this. And so it's, it's comes down to, uh, reuse and and secondary water. So all water in Washington County is not created equal. Mm. There is very good, wonderful culinary water. And then uh, if you drive, let's see, where's some good examples? There's one in Washington City where there's a gutter that just always flows. Mm. It And it's it's like, my goodness, we're just wasting water. You couldn't drink that water. Mm. Yeah. Now, yep. could you treat it enough? You can drink it today. Could you treat it enough? And uh, Sure. But, but the cost is a yeah, gallon yeah. of water to drink. Yeah. Um, if you come down, uh, you know, Skyline Drive off of right below the Dixie Rock, right? Okay. There's always water seeping yeah. between those rocks. Yeah. Right. right. And that's just occurring naturally, right? But to try and recapture that water, and, and most of that water has incredibly high dissolved solids, uh, lots of sulfur and other minerals or things in it, and so you can't really use it. It costs so much to, to get it to drinking quality that it's really not economically viable right. to do so. Right. So then we look at, when we talk about secondary water, that's um, that's what we're talking about, that that water that's not really good for, for culinary uses or for, for clean business uses. And then we say, what else can we do with it? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say secondary and reuse water, kind of lumping them into, the, into one category, although they are separate. So the way we get over this hurdle of until we get a new water source, limited water right now so how do we bridge that gap is to say we need to treat every single drop of water that we have in this county 
and and use it as many times mm. as possible. Mm. Okay, and that's what other places have done better than we have. Mm. And so we have the capacity right now through Ash Creek Special Service District, kind of on the east side of the county. St. George has a great treatment facility here. Yeah. We can treat every drop of water. That is not a problem. So you use it, you know, in your home, in your business. We recapture it. goes into the sewer, recapture it. We treat it. We could treat all of that water and make it culinary quality, right? And there are places that take sewage water and they will re-drink it. Mm. Um, and, and you actually wouldn't know. You'd never know. I mean, that's kind of off-putting for a lot of people. But <laughs> you would never know. Okay. But we don't need to do that because we do uh, 60% of our water in Washington County is used outside the home. Mm. And so what we can do is treat it to a quality that's not necessarily drinking level, mm -hmm. but is perfectly fine for landscaping, for agriculture, for use outside. And then we trade you for it. Mm. So we say, okay, you're using culinary water outside right now on your lawn or on your garden or your plants, your fruit trees, whatever it might be. Why don't we give you lower quality water that would be just fine for those plants? And we're going to take your culinary water, mm. but that 60% of our water is outside the home. So we're talking about a massive amount. Mm. If yeah. we can even trade you for a portion of it, yeah. all of a sudden we've, we've taken that really thin margin and yeah. we've made it a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, and, and the homeowner doesn't care. Yeah. I'm putting this water I, on I, the grass. I, Who cares? And I, I think Desert Color is one of the few that has the two different lines essentially going to that whole project to be able to make make sure that what water's going to what the, the fire hydrants, the certain water sources that need to have access to don't need to be drink quality or shower quality, that type of thing. So yeah, many of the developments, especially uh, Washington Fields along the Southern Parkway, mm -hmm. um, like you said, Desert Color is one of them. Most of all the new uh, developments, actually all of them. So the cities all got together with the county. We held a water summit about a year ago and we said, look, we've all got to be on the same page. Mm. You can't, if you're a city that says, Hey, come here, build, use whatever you want, water you want, you know, we'll have a big party every day. Uh, everybody's going to run to your city, but mm. then you'll be using up all of the water. That's a finite resource for the rest of us as well. Mm. So we all have to play in the same level here. And so, um, conservation was a big part of that. And it's in the reasonable conservation measures. Mm. Maybe the time you can still build a home, but maybe the time has passed where you're going to have a three acre sprawling lawn mm. because it just, I'm, I'm amazed at how much of that you, you see in an area that is more desert scape and more, more dry and that type of stuff. And you see some other parts of the world that they do a, a different use of their land, whether it's gardens or other food sources and stuff. And yet we just have all this grass you never walk on, use, never do anything with. Yeah. So we, we, all the cities in the county got together and we all said, we're going to do away with that. If it's non-functional turf, why do you have it? Mm. Right. If the only time in the, in the best way to describe non-functional turf is if the only time you ever step on it is to mow it, it's non-functional. Oh yeah. That's a good point. So I see that outside of our office. I see we have a big, just a big thing. I'm like, it never gets used other than mowing it. You know, it never really gets used and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not necessary when I'd rather see that the golf course has the greenery of the water, because that seems to help with the economy, seems to help with the green space, the air quality, all that stuff kind of gets absorbed by that yeah. versus just a lawn out front of a business complex. Well, and some people say, well, that brings down the temperature and stuff. And you say, you're right. We don't want to become a heat bubble like Tucson, Arizona or other places mm. um, that just went to zero scaping. And just everything. concrete everywhere. And yeah. it just yeah. becomes hot. Right. So we want plants. We actually, so part of those ordinances that the city's put in place was that they not only uh, restricted the amount of grass. You can still have grass, but it's just got to be functional size and kind of depends on the lot size, how much you, you can have. But it also requires you to have plants 
but they're just water-wise plants. So they mm. still shade the ground. We don't have that heat island issue, mm. um, but they just use so much less water. The, conserv- or the uh, Water Conservancy District just rolled out last week a grass buyback program. I think, yeah, I was going to mention that. Okay, so yeah. If you're saying, look, I really don't need this, or AstroTurf has come a long way, mm. right? Maybe, I, maybe I'm good with, with, I want the green and I want the sprawling, but I don't want to have to water it all the time. Wonderful. Contact them right now. It is, it is a rebate program that will help you buy the, uh, you know, to rip out the, the grass and you can put in whatever you want. But it's, it's to reduce that water consumption. So conservation mm-hmm. is a big part of it. And we, we did that. We had, we had four dogs on a smear. I think it's maybe a 30 by 30 yard. And we put synthetic. It's been amazing. It really has like been it. amazing. Just because uh, odor control is better. It's easier to pick up the remnants. It's easier to, you know, the dog poop. If we can say, can we say poop? Yeah, I guess it's my show. I, it's I your show. I think do whatever you want. So it was something where it, it we, we did like it. Um, and it actually worked out really better. And it stays cleaner. And it's, it stays green all year round, no matter what. I mean, it's just, it, it worked out great for us. So we There's did no the same mowing. kind of thing. There's no mowing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. My wife is seriously considering part of our yard for that. So, yep. um, so we can, uh, things like water reuse pumps, right? So, or uh, sorry, recirculation pumps. Okay. So in new construction. So again, we're not forcing old homes. This is only for new construction. Nobody's saying we're going to come in and force you to rip out your lawn mm. right now. Yeah, it's rebates. It's yeah. if you wanted to. Mm. Let's encourage you some financial incentive to do so, right? And, and most of that was coming from some state money, and they were able to work it out that way. So uh, the recirculation pumps on new construction, builders were fine with it because, again, they, they need they need this to continue going, right? Right. Um, so if when the recirculation pump happens when you go to the faucet and everybody turns on the hot water and then you let it run and you go brush your teeth or whatever, oh, yeah, that's been hot for a little bit because you're waiting for the cold line, the water that has, was hot cooled yeah. in the pipes while it sat there and nobody was using it, and you got to push that out before the hot water comes in. Right, right. right. 10,000 gallons per year per home. Wow. Is what we I'm waste. Just waiting for the hot water. Waiting for hot water, tap. yeah. So instead of doing that, you hit the button that circulates that water. It doesn't lose it. Yeah. It just circulates it in the pipe again. Then you turn on hot water and it's instantly hot. Yeah, yeah. 10,000 gallons per home. So we implemented that, the, the grass... Um, size restrictions, requiring more water-wise uh, landscaping. Um, but then we, we really, the, the double piping for, for the secondary uh, and, and reuse water so that we can use that outside the home where you don't need the culinary. And so that gives a, that buys us a lot of time mm. on water. The problem is, is that we can treat all this water and where do you put it? Mm. And that's where we just, we're behind the eight ball on this one. Mm. So we've got four new reservoirs going in right now mm, okay um tokerville which is actually being built uh, more on the infrastructure side of it right now you'll see more of the dirt being built uh, and that that's more culinary actually but but that's a that's an important part of the piece so tokerville reservoir um if you've driven to to cedar city uh, right at the top of the black ridge there's sometimes water in that little ash creek reservoir oh yeah yeah but sometimes not that's that's actually not supposed to be there that was mm-hmm. kind of built when i-15 was built and all oh. of a sudden it made a dam okay um so they're <laughs> pulling that and it just kind of seeps in and just disappears yeah so they're pulling that down into that into the system as well and so we're trying to recapture every every drop we can um dry wash and graveyard wash in santa clara and ivan's and then the biggest one will be Warner Valley. Warner Valley, yeah. And okay. that one, we just overcame a big hurdle that we've been working on. Um, so we're, we're happy right now. Things are still moving forward uh, in the federal process. But it, uh, all of this takes time. 
So I, I started off, there's a reason why I brought up Los Angeles stealing a river. We can't do that anymore. There's, and, and they probably shouldn't do that either, right? But they did. Okay. Uh, but that was 100 years ago. Things just take time. Mm. America used to do really cool stuff, and, and it, now it takes us a lot longer Doesn't to do it? Yeah, cool boy. stuff. And, and we just <laughs> don't do anymore because of federal regulation. And, and honestly, it's just it's too much of that. But that's the world that we live in right now. And so it takes a long time for some of these things to move forward. So in three years, you'll still hear me talking about when Warner <laughs> Valley comes online. But it's not a small reservoir. It'll be bigger than Sand Hollow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, comparable, but, but even then a little bit bigger. Mm. It's kind of a long dog leg, so it'll, you'll, but you'll be able to boat and recreate on it. It'll be great, but it will be treated secondary water mm. that will be mixing with some of the Virgin River water, putting that in there and storing it. We can treat all this water right now, but we have nowhere to put it. Put it yeah. So when yeah. you talk about the golf courses and the parks that are watering in the middle of the afternoon, part of it is because what else are you going to do with that yeah. water? Yeah. Otherwise, we're sending it down to Lake Mead. Yeah. And so if we're going to water, it's not the best time to do it, but there's literally nothing else to do yeah. with that water right now. So we're going to water the, the golf courses or the parks or the uh, school. I mean, schools are a huge oh, yeah. user of water. So, oh, yeah. um, so when we can... We can store water, we treat it, we store it, We've, we can use it differently than we're using it now, but we haven't had that option because we had nowhere to store it and we didn't have the double you know, irrigation lines separate from the culinary lines and everything. As all of that is now coming online, we're, uh, as we implement that aggressively, uh, trying, you know, conservation, the reuse, the, uh, the different ways to try and conserve water in your own home and in your own business, and then looking at businesses that... You know, if you're a high water use business trying to come in here and you need, you know, 4 million gallons of, of high, of clean, clean water a day, yeah. probably not the right time mm. and the right place for you right now. So we're trying to be smart about who we're recruiting, what mm. kind of, you know, the ways that Instead, we're using our water. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and when we do that, all of those measures together, there's no one silver bullet, but you add all of those measures together and that buys us quite a bit of time. But again, that only buys us time. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. If we don't do anything with the with with developing the new stuff, then yeah. getting ten more years of not getting any further. So back to Lake Powell Pipeline because that's obviously a hot button. If we started today, how long would that project take to bring water to Washington County? Yeah. So you know we've uh, the state has spent a lot of, of money dollars already yeah. just on the permitting and, and trying to get this all done. Um, I think and, I've seen seven different lines of where it's going to go and how it's going to go and where it's, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just in the design, the engineering, some of the initial permitting and everything. Honestly, you probably could have, like, I've heard people say, holy cow, you know, $30 million. Bob and I could have had our backhoe out there. We'd have had the, (laughs) you know, pipe in for already for $30 million. I'd have it in next week. Yeah. It's not that simple. Oh man. Um, There's lift stations because it, you've got, you know, water runs downhill, not uphill. And so we've got to lift it over some hills, you know, by Canab and then back down. And like, <coughs> excuse me, like you said, the, the uh, reservation in, in Arizona, we've got some mountains that are in cliffs that are in the way. So it's a little more complex than just digging a hole and, and dropping some pipe in there. Um, <laughs> the power to, that it generates and consumes at the same time. So um, I don't have a good answer mainly because it's not up to, uh, we are not the, our masters of our own destiny right now. Mm. We, we still have to deal with the lower basin states 
we have to deal with the upper basin states, Wyoming, Colorado. If, if everything's lined up, when could you start? Like if, if you had your dream scenario, say, okay, we could start this project, it would be five years or 10 or, I mean, is there kind of... I would love it to be online in 15 years. That we're, long, we're, that we're much looking, longer. If it could be filling, wa- like putting water into Washington County by... Uh, 2035. Yeah, I'd be really happy. Really interesting. So it's that still that much longer. When did it even get proposed? I mean, it's been I've heard about since I've been here in since 05 oh, decades. So it's been it's probably one of the longest projects I think I've ever heard of as a city or you know a county or a state type project. I don't know if there's anything bigger in the country really that's been talked about, especially when it at least comes to the water side of things. I, I'm not sure what other water projects are around the West. I mean, it's always the West is always dealing with water where the East is getting rid of it kind of thing. Yeah. So can you think of any other project that really has been talked about in the works than the Lake Powell pipeline? I, no. I definitely can, but no. And I'll tell you one of the reasons you, you mentioned that. So I, like I said, I used to work for Congress. Um, trying to get people to understand this issue. It, it's a very foreign concept for them many times. Yeah. I, I was in a meeting once with, with some congressional people from Michigan and they were saying, okay, so you've got these issues out there. You know, what, what, we've got some issues. If you can help us, you know, we'll help you. And we were negotiating and talking and, and he goes, I, uh, you know, we, we, we need some help with a river. I said, okay, you know, we need to buy up some land. We got to put in this river. And I'm saying, all right, so where are you bringing the water from? Like, where do you need it to get to? And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, well, you, you, you're dry. And so you need... Like, where, where are you trying to get water to? He goes, we're trying to get no, we're trying rid to get water of, out. We're trying to get rid of it. We have too much water. We're trying to get water out. We need to buy this, you know, this land and <laughs> doze these homes to build this river to funnel. And that's the most foreign concept in the world. To yeah, me. It's like uh, too much water. Go. We've never had that problem other than, you know, a, a micro burst for, a, you know, 20 minutes or something. But sure. <laughs> constant where we need to build a river to get water out. Yeah, we don't have that problem. Yeah, the diversion, what they, they've come up with aqueducts to, to move it, channel it away back to Mississippi or back to the ocean or wherever. And then, yeah, we're always trying to move it back into the cities. So, yeah. And, and we've talked about, I mean, are there proposals to, to bring, there was actually a very strong one uh, probably 20 years ago to bring water from Canada, just in a pipeline. Really? We do it with oil. We do it with other things. Let's just build it. They've got plenty of, of water. It's a resource that we need. They have it just like the way we move other things, energy, natural gas, water, yep. you know, oil. We move things around. The freeway, freeway systems through, you know, off of I, Highway 93. And now we got I-15, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Right. The permitting to get from Canada to <laughs> southern Utah. Oh, man. You're only dealing with a couple states, a couple counties, a couple cities. Not a big deal. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, it, it would be a very difficult thing. I'm not saying it's not worthy. I'm not saying we shouldn't try it. I got a letter last week called the water train where literally it's just big old, you know, uh, liquid containers on a train and we're just going to bring, but that's some expensive water. Yeah. Look at that and say, that can't be the best way to get water here. They just can't over, over other options that are there. So outside of Lake Powell, that's a great thing. So we got Lake Powell seems to be the the big talking point for the next new use water because we're not getting, like I said, any more out of Virgin unless we just get a lot, uh, blow up a mountain so it moves more clouds this way. I mean, what other solution do you see other than pipeline as a real reasonable next step that isn't, that's on the horizon? Or is it really, we've got to put all our, not eggs like you said, but we got to put most of our effort into pipeline for Lake Powell. Yeah, uh, th- there's a couple other options. That's the cheapest. Okay. Even though it's expensive, that is by far the cheapest. It, yeah. Um, and it's it's the most reliable because it's the co- it's, it comes from the most reliable source of water, the Colorado River system, right? I mean, yep. it's Flaming Gorge, but it's 
that's all part of the same drainage. Um, it's closest. It actually has the fewest hurdles to get over. And still you're thinking 15 years. There's some years. big hurdles still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything else would be more expensive, more time consuming, and what's the, uh, more difficult. We've gone, we usually try to keep about 30 minutes. Hope everybody's enjoying. I think this is a very relevant oh, geez, topic. Sorry. So I think it's something that I, I, I love talking about as well, because I love talking about the area. I love helping people know and understand what's out there because it's amazing how a narrative on politics or religion or sports that just gets out of control. And it yeah. seems like water's one of those. And like you said, there's a spectrum of we're not worried enough and we're worried way too much. It seems like it has moved this way a little more than it needs to. So the idea is to try to dial it back to where it really is, where the truth really lies. Yep. What's the next big domino that needs to fall for Lake Powell? Like if you said, okay, we've got all these hurdles to jump through. What's the one that's kind of just doesn't want to fall. That doesn't let the other ones start to fall. Is there kind of, what's the so, next one? So we were actually fairly close under the Trump administration. Um, and, and I don't want to ever sound like this is all me. There are Zach Renshaw, oh, yeah. uh, who's the manager of the Water Conservancy District, other members of Congress. I, I was just one one piece of it, right? The county, the cities. Like, there's been a lot of people. The state has been very the state's got to be Brian big, yeah. Steed, who was the, uh, in the federal government at the time. I mean, we've had a lot of really good partners. And at the time, we, we were actually quite close um, to getting over some big hurdles. But I actually think, in, in, in all fairness, Several of the states said, why are we allowing you to do this? Which we're going to have to change some rules for you to move water from the upper base in Flaming Gorge to the lower base in St. George. Why are we letting you do this when you're not treating every drop of water as sacred as you should? Mm. And I think that was a fair critique. Mm. And that was, that was our own administration. You know, that was a friendly administration at the time telling us that. And then we're going, okay. And that's why we really started looking much more robust at the, or much more in depth at the robust measures we can take for conservation, for storage, for treatment, rather than just saying, hey, bring some more water in. And keep using it the way we're using it, you know, yeah. Let's use yeah. it differently. Um, and that's and where I think is, Vegas has done an incredible job of the technology it takes also to, to capture and reuse and stuff like that is really yeah. advanced. It, it is. And so, it, but it takes all of us on this. It, mm. it, is, it is not, oh, my neighbors need to stop using so much water. You drive around, I mean, we're in December. Drive around, and I guarantee you, if you will open your eyes at night, you'll see sprinklers still on on people's lawns. And it's like, why are you watering? Why? <laughs> when it was 19 degrees when I got in my truck this morning. Yeah. I, I don't live in downtown St. George, but still, right. it was cold. Yeah. There's no reason. That wa that grass is dormant. Yep. Why are you watering it? Yeah. Um, when you see your friend, your neighbor's sprinklers in the summer hitting the concrete, or don't worry about your neighbors. If your sprinklers are hitting right. the concrete, no matter how much you water it, it's never going to grow. So quit watering the concrete in the sidewalks. It doesn't help. Right. right? Um, it's so easy to fix it. Or then you'll see a sprinkler head broken for a long time where it just goes, 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 goes. It's like, wow, you know, those are easy little fixes, like you said. Yeah. So you got to look at yourself. What do you, what can you do also on top of, of what it makes sense? Because, and I don't, is that just because people come from other areas where they don't have to worry? Because we do have a lot of people that have moved to the West from other areas or even, you know, California, California has been a big driver of our economy when I've seen a lot of requests were coming in from those areas. And, but I, I guess they could just use water as well. But I, Northern Utah, I think people up there seem to use water more and they're still in the same kind of boat we are, but it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people that move to the area that don't realize how, how much they need to do a little better job with the water. And I think they think of it, you know, uh, that's, it's an annoyance. I got to dig the thing out. I got to, if I don't know how to fix the sprinkler head myself, I got to Hire somebody, somebody to hire, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just, and how much is it really affecting? And honestly, it affects a ton. So mm. last year, and we are in a drought, right? I mean, it, it is, it's just true. We're in a drought. You can look at precipitation levels. 
we're hoping, you know, praying that it'll end and, and we can get back to more of a normal uh, water cycle. But last year, in the the worst part of the drought that we had been in, uh, Washington County residents saved 400 million gallons wow. of water while growing 5%. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. so we did our part, we're doing, right? We're, yeah. It was because Bob fixed the sprinkler head, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and Tracy... <laughs> made sure that the sprinklers weren't watering onto the, onto the concrete and that your kids weren't just spraying hoses all day, you know, all afternoon washing. Like we did things to try and, and, and improve how we're using our water car washes. Oh, we're putting in another car wash, which we have a plethora of car washes. Yeah. Especially actually, lately. Uh, with the, with the right technology, car washes use far less water than you'll use in your own driveway. That's so true. I, I, that's a great point because they're able to recapture that water that is going back into the thing, re- yep. refilter it and re- run it back through the same system. Way more efficient. And like I said, you're not washing, you're not taking a wash in that water most of the time, especially when it's been used, reused by the car soaps and the other solvents and stuff because they're trying to capture that as well before it goes into the sewer system. Yep. So, yep. So there's, there's lots of things that we're... How about cookie shops? How much cookie shops do we need in St. George? And how much water does a cookie shop use? Probably more than a car wash. Probably. Probably that or, I guess or milk, another I guess soda. Milk or another soda fan. Oh, soda shops, yeah. We've, we've got a few of those too. Um, you know, but, but there's things that we can all do. We all need to take a, a honest look at ourselves and say, how can I save water a little bit better? How can I stop wasting... Um, and, and then realize that there is not only just a plan, but a plan that has been in the works. And you have some very smart people that are very dedicated. They could make a lot more money doing other things that just really do honestly care. And they're bringing their expertise to bear on this. Very smart engineers. Like I said, Zach Renstrom, I, I have the utmost respect for. And we're always looking for new things. Some people say drill deeper. There's not mm-hmm. any proven massive aquifer that we're sitting on that's just a little bit deeper. We've had you know, oil wells and stuff that were drilled and we didn't hit anything. Mm. Sometimes we have, we've hit some, you know, some deep water, some primary water, they call it. There have been some pockets, high dissolved solids. I was going to say, how usable is that? Yeah. Potempi hot springs next to Hurricane Leverican, that's deep water. It comes out very hot. It puts 80,000 tons of salt into the Colorado River system every year. So it's a, it's a lot of salt. Yeah. So you can't really use it for much. Um, But we're actually even working on, on things with that. So it's not to say that there aren't other sources. Uh, Zach is working on some, some drilling along the hurricane fault line to mm. see, Hey, maybe there is some, some deeper water in here. Let's try it. So we're, we are looking in all of the above solution. Um, but we do have things that are in the works that are in place, even moving dirt and building infrastructure today. And that's how we expand that margin from where we're at to where we need to be. And then we just keep looking for additional sources and, and, and working with that. The short answer to your question a second ago is what's the next big hurdle? Working with the other states. We're renewing the Colorado River Compact. Mm. Well, that's, that's an undertaking, huh? That's an undertaking. Is California just going to get all of it? Is it just going to just shut everybody off and California is just going to get all of it? No, no. <laughs> and even under this administration where you would think that that would probably yeah, be, yeah. they've been quite tough on California. Oh, so, okay. All right. So we've got some hope. That's that's the, the conversation. So we went a little longer for the show, but I think this is such a relevant topic. I think it's really important to know that, that like you said, we're, we're in a good position, especially existing homes, that we've done a better job capturing the water that we are using, that we are actively looking for other sources. And it's not like St. George is drying up any time soon you know but it is something where it's it's still something we got to be aware we can't just bury our head in the sand but at the same time we can't just 
cap it. Like you said, I think there's got always something in between those two solutions. Yeah. So, yep. Appreciate your time. This is Adam Thanks Stone. He's the me. county commissioner. Uh, this is the Clear to Close podcast. So appreciate your time watching. Please click and subscribe. We got other shows coming up, other guests. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, please post those. We'll get to those questions later. But this was the Clear to Close podcast. See you next time. No, I do. It's re- I think it's good. It's relevant. All that stuff. So. <laughs>